Welcome to Your Soulful Podcast, helping you get out of your head and into your heart. Navigating your healing and spiritual journey can be a roller coaster. My goal on this podcast is to support you to be your best self, stop beating yourself up, get out of your own way, and start living your dream life. Happiness, joy, energy, loving yourself, heart based business, and a soulmate relationship are all available to you. I'm your host, Charlotte Bezzy, spiritual life coach, intuitive energy healer, your energizer bunny and sprinkler of joy. I'm ready to get down and dirty with the truth about the healing journey, the spiritual path and living life to the fullest. Some episodes will be me flying solo, sharing the challenges I've faced and overcome, my intuitive downloads and all the lessons I've learned and struggled with on the spiritual journey. Other episodes, I'll invite special guests to open up and share their zone of genius to deeply support you. Stick around and buckle up because I promise it'll be a ride full of truth bombs and authenticity so that you know you're not alone and you can heal your relationship with yourself too. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe to the podcast. Come hang out with me on my stories over on Instagram at Charlotte underscore Bezik. Remember, The life you want is yours for the taking. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive on in. Hello, lovely soul, and welcome to your Soulful Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Bezik, and today's episode is all about my journey into the jungle. Now, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, which is all about my reason for deciding to go, how it works, why I decided that I wanted to embark on another journey with plant medicine, because I have journeyed a few times over the past seven years, this was a more intense seven night, eight day retreat that I embarked on. And It was the most life-changing, heartbreaking, challenging, and transformational journey, and I want to bring you along to share some of that with you. It's going to be super real, honest, raw, I may even get a little bit emotional, and I'm going to give a little disclaimer before I dive on in. If you're about to go on a journey with plant medicine, you've booked your retreat, and you're going in a couple of weeks or even a couple of months, I wouldn't advise listening to this episode. And I'm saying that because every journey is different. Every time you go and sit in ceremony, we'll bring up different things, we'll present you with different things. And I'm just sharing my personal experience. This isn't a recommendation. This isn't a, you need to go and do this right away. I'm sharing this because as a spiritual mentor, as a healer, and as a coach, and as a guide for so many of you, I think it's important that I share my journey and that I am still walking the path right alongside you. But sometimes when we're going in to do something and somebody shares something about their experience, it can put a filter in our brain, in our body as to what you're going to get. And that is not what this is about at all. Your journey is unique to you. And plant medicine is not for the faint of heart. Okay, let's just get that clear. It is a deeply painful and transformational journey. 
And I always say to people, if you're thinking about embarking on a journey with plant medicine, is to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and you're actually already doing the work in your life. And I mean the actual work, the deeper work, the subconscious programming, the shadow work, the inner child healing, knowing what your patterns are, knowing what your subconscious beliefs are, because ayahuasca can support with the healing, but if you're going into it already, not doing any work on yourself, it's going to give you a big shock, okay? A huge, big reality check shock because it can bring up all your patterns, all your woundings, and that can be really hard and it can be really painful. And what I'm sharing with you is just my journey and what I've been through and what I experienced. So I invite you to stay open. (laughs) Some of what I'm sharing is out there. You may think some of it's a little bit crazy. And 10 years ago, I probably would have said the same. I'd have been like, what? No way. That can't have even happened. But if you're listening to this, I invite you to keep an open mind. And the transformations that I've witnessed and that have occurred for me, I can't unsee. I can't unsee what I now know and I want to share some of that with you and invite you just to keep an open mind and an open heart and please share this episode, comment, leave me a review, share it on your Instagram stories. It really does help me to get the podcast into more ears and to support more people that are on the healing journey because the better coach I am, the more healing that I do on myself, the greater capacity I have to hold you on your journey and what you're navigating. So if you love this podcast or you've been following me for a while, share it, tell your friends, go comment on the post on my Instagram of this share and tell me what you took away from it. Send me a DM. I love hearing from you. I love knowing what you've taken away from it and I want to get to know you a little bit better. Now, just to let you know, for the month of September, I have released some one-off, one-on-one coaching sessions. I don't usually do this. I only work with people in a three or six-month coaching container, but I want to meet you where you are. And if a three or six-month journey doesn't feel feasible right now, and you've been stuck, you're challenged, you've got some beliefs coming up, or life is really squeezing you, and you want to move some energy, maybe you want to work on a specific belief so that you can show up in your life differently, you want to trust yourself and love yourself on the deepest level possible then you can sign up for one of those one-off 90-minute sessions below. We'll dive in quick, we'll move some energy, we'll get you supported, and you also get a follow-up Voxer day with me as you integrate the lessons and learnings and everything that came up. There are just three available for September, and there will be three available in October as well, and I can't wait to support some of you inside. So let's dive on in around what I saw, what I heard, what I felt, and the journey. Day number one, okay, starting at the beginning. And I shared in my previous episode around the journey of going to do ayahuasca or plant medicine or embarking on a big retreat or even signing up with a coach or a healer, you will often be presented with stuff. It's like the universe activates 
something inside of you. It's like, oh, the healing's going to start right now. And it started many weeks before I went into the jungle, many weeks, like four weeks. As soon as I started the pre-retreat diet and I started reducing some foods that you're not allowed to eat, reducing my energy work, so much happened in those four weeks. My Facebook got hacked. Literally so many things came to the surface that I was given the invitation to work through even before I got to the jungle. So day number one, I was nervous, I was anxious, and I started to get really emotional. Even before they picked me up for the retreat, I could feel all this energy that was moving, and the medicine does start working before you even get there. It's a higher intelligence. It's like ayahuasca knows knows that you're going. It knows, like she does. And people are like, what? That sounds crazy. Trust me. From all the journeys I've had, which now is in excess of 20, I can tell you she knows. Even if it's a one-day retreat or a weekend, things start to get presented to you. So I got picked up from a place in Tarapoto and we drove into the jungle and I met the group, which was seven people. So on retreats I've been on in the past, there's been 30 people, 25 people. I went on a really small one of 10 people once, but seven was the smallest group I've ever sat with. So there were three girls and four boys and two facilitators, as well as the person that owns the retreat, the yoga instructor, and then the Shipibo maestros as well. And when we got there, it was like the most magical, serene jungle retreat. No connection to the outside world. There was no email, there was no Wi-Fi, no text messages, there was no ability to communicate. And that's the first time that I've actually had that at a retreat. And honestly, it is the best way to do it. I have found with the journeys I've been on, because you can only go inwards. There's no social media, there's no chatting to your friends, there's no chatting to your hubby or your kids or work or any distractions, gone. The only option is for you to journey within and go on your healing. So day one was all about meeting everyone, unpacking, and then we got a beautiful flower bath. Now, the flower baths were something that we had every day, and the Shipibo tribe believe that when you have a flower bath, which is of their ruda, which is the special flowers that they put into the water that you're cleansed with, and the Shipibo actually give you your flower bath, it cleanses your energy, it grounds you, and it washes off anything that you don't need going into ceremony. Now, bearing in mind, people had travelled from America, from UAE, and me, I travelled from the UK, like long flight, and they wanted you to clear your energy before going into the ceremony. Now, day one, we didn't actually have a ceremony, but we still had a flower bath, which was beautiful. It was just such a grounding um, energy, like to feel like, oh, I'm here, I've landed all the worry about travel and am I going to get there on time and all these things going to happen. It's like, oh, okay. And then we got to meet everyone and just chat. And then that was pretty much it for day number one. So I chose to have a private room because I know that I operate better in that way when I'm flying solo. You could have dorm rooms, there was cambos, there's lots of different accommodations available where I journeyed. And then day number two was a very early start. 
not too early for me, but it was a 7am, what is known as a vomitivo. Now, I've never actually done a vomitivo before. It's something that was completely new to me. But what it is, it's a lemongrass tea that you actually drink in excess. Now, ayahuasca and certain plant medicines are purgative. So when you are in ceremony, you will purge. Now, whether that is through crying, through shaking, through tears, through vomiting, you can get a bad stomach and need to go to the toilet a lot as well. And I know people say, and I've had this from friends, say, oh my God, are you afraid that you're going to shit yourself? I'm like, no, you're not afraid you're going to shit yourself because you don't. (laughs) You actually know when you need to go to the toilet and you have to get up and go. Um, But the vomitivo was about preparing people for the purging element because people can get so in their head about being sick in front of people and being like, oh my God, everyone's going to be vomiting and it's going to be disgusting. Trust me, it's the least of your worries and purging is actually great. If you can, you want to purge because you want to release anything that you're holding on to. Nobody wants to keep hold of any of that shit or crap that they've been holding on to. So the vomitivo was like a pre- um, ceremony um, where we were all around, you drink this lemongrass tea in excess up to 10 cups and naturally your body then releases it and you have to purge and you have to let go of whatever and it's said to cleanse your system out. Now for me this was massively triggering. Now for those of you that don't know my story or my history, go back to episode number one because I share about my journey with bulimia which I actually had for 13 years. Now I've been in ceremony before and I've purged. I've been in ceremony in the very early days and really struggled with that concept of everyone's vomiting, people are going to see me vomit because this was something that I kept secret for 13 years. So for me it was actually completely normal that I would get triggered by that. And what I didn't realise was that, yes, the tea comes up on its own when you've drank it in excess, but to get the rest out, you actually have to put your fingers down your throat. As I said, this isn't for everybody. It's not for the faint of heart. And if you're listening to this going, that's definitely not for me, then it probably isn't. If you're willing and courageous to go on this journey, this is something that happens. And for me, it was just the willingness to see I was triggered And putting my fingers down my throat is the first time I've done that in so many years. So it was a little bit triggering. I was afraid as to, well, does that mean I'm going to want to purge again now? And it didn't. I was triggered going in. I took some deep breaths. I grounded myself. I knew why this was happening and I was willing to work through it. And that for me is a display of how much work I've actually done on myself. Old Charlotte, maybe seven, eight years ago, would have been so triggered, she'd have probably walked off and been like, I'm not doing that, that's not for me. But I don't do that anymore because I've worked a lot on my healing. I see triggers as an opportunity and I knew this was just a new layer of healing for me. So I managed to do the purge, even though I was really scared and anxious and I was shaking going up and it felt great. It felt really good knowing that something had arisen already before I'd taken the medicine for me to work through and heal. And after the purge, I just felt so good. So not every retreat will do a vomitivo, but it's a great way to get people ready for purging and to be willing and courageous to be like, I literally don't care if I vomit in front of everybody. And you have a bucket in ceremony, like 
So it's right there. You just grab it and you just purge into it. So there was a lesson in that for me. A lot of lessons really, but knowing that everything was arising for me. Everything was arising for my healing. Now the next part was fasting. Now, this is done differently at lots of different retreats that I've been to, but fasting is a part of the process because when you go into ceremony, you don't want anything in your body that can affect the medicine. Ayahuasca loves that beautiful clean channel, which is why you go on the diet beforehand, why you're on the diet during. So we stopped eating at 1 p.m., And from then, we didn't eat again until 9am the next morning. So it was a long 19 hour fast. I personally have hated fasting in the past. I don't like restricting my body. I don't like the feeling of being hungry. But I know that this is part of the process of journeying with the medicine. And it was more or less a mental battle that a couple of us were facing that hadn't fasted and don't fast before of, I feel really hungry, I want to eat. And then you water fast from like 3.30 in the afternoon. So then no water until the ceremony ends, which can be a lot for people. For me personally, the water isn't a big thing, but the food was. And I felt triggered. I was like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, oh my gosh. And that's just how the mind can come in during a ceremony or during a retreat where these things are going to arise. So fasting happened every day, apart from the Wednesday which was a no ceremonial day. We didn't drink the medicine on the Wednesday. It was just all the other days. So night number one, I could feel the nerves like really starting to rise. And I was journaling, setting my intentions. I also felt a little bit excited. And then the tears just started. Like an hour before ceremony, I was sobbing. Like not for any particular reason. It was just tears just falling out of my eyes. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, okay, I've got this. I can do this. And that's part of the journey, part of a retreat and part of the medicine working even before you drink her. So I knew I was releasing and intuitively knew that whatever was coming up was just being released and it was meant to. I wasn't judging it. I was like, oh, okay, I'm crying for whatever reason. And then each night before we drank the medicine, we had pre-ceremony yoga, which was really beautiful because you're nervous and maybe a little bit afraid. And yoga, the way they do it there, really allowed us to get into our bodies. We did some somatic practices. We did some grounding, just really to clear you out and get you ready to sit with the medicine. And I loved that part of it because every evening we'd do it right before the ceremony and then the ceremony would start at 7.30. So, Mm. night number one. Night number one, I'm sat there really nervous, scared, but I had my intention. So every night you set an intention and then you sit and the Shipibo come in and they do their ceremonial um, practices with Mapacho, which is their tobacco, where they cleanse the medicine, they cleanse the space, they cleanse you. And it's held in a maloka, which is like a wooden style teepee. It's got doors, it's got windows all around. And ceremonies generally held in complete darkness. 
it's different at different retreats. Some don't hold it in the darkness. Some have a fire. Some don't. Some use mapacho. Some use sage or cedar. And there's lots of different ways that I've seen it done. I'm just sharing what happened at this one. So the Shipibo maestros have been doing this for hundreds of years in their lineage and in their tribes. And these particular maestros have been learning from their great grandfathers. So they were actually second cousins, same great grandfather, and they actually practice for years and years and years using these healing modalities deep in the jungle, dieting on only plants and water. Sometimes they go on long water fasts and they're so special so incredible. I've never sat with healers like it anywhere else in the world, anywhere else. I've never been honoured and so grateful that I got to be in that space and so incredibly privileged that I got to sit with just the most incredible souls. So night one, you'd start with one cup. So the pre-ceremony stuff would go on for about half an hour and then you'd go around the room and everyone would drink one cup. Then the candles were blown out and it's in complete darkness. Now, the cup that we drank at this particular retreat was really, really small, but so powerful. The most powerful medicine I have ever drank. And I was looking at this little, tiny little shot glass, thinking, holy shit, that's quite small. Oh no, oh no, it was the perfect size for night one. And you're in silence for about the first 20. Complete silence as you're just lay there on your little mat, letting the medicine start working. And for me personally, in that moment, like the mind comes in, like you start to think, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to come up? And it's just returning back to the breath. And then it almost like hits you. And for me, lots of visuals, lots of the psychedelic visions, colours, geometric shapes, the jungle. And if you've ever taken a psychedelic or ever experienced something that has visuals before, then you'll know what I mean. But this was really, really strong, almost instantly, like 20 minutes in, boom, it just hit you. Now, I went in with the intention to heal any physical emotional, mental trauma that my body is holding on to. And I'm sharing this really vulnerably because you know why I was going into the retreat. And that first night really opened me up so much. And some people start purging straight away. I personally didn't that first night. And the Icaros is what the Shipibo people channel. So they channel the song of the Icaros and they sing that and that activates the medicine and it activates the healing within the group and on an individual level as well. As soon as they started singing, literally I could feel so much energy moving in my body and the intention that I went in with for ayahuasca to guide me on this healing journey, it was just so powerful. The flashes that I saw in the first hour, lots of childhood trauma came up for me, lots of moments and memories of things that I witnessed and saw during childhood. Um, Some were incredibly painful, some were just 
a memory that I wasn't attached to emotionally. And I just saw all these little versions of me, like all these younger versions of Charlotte. Now I've done a lot of inner child healing work, a lot with a therapist, a counselor, a coach. I've done a course. I do this work for myself. And these were memories that I didn't even consciously know about. They weren't memories that I ever thought about. They were just memories that were being brought up to the surface for healing. And in that moment, I was just sending my younger self so much love as ayahuasca was presenting me with these memories that were coming up to be healed for me to witness and see. And some of these memories were really painful. And then the tears started and I could just feel... It was almost like water was coming out of my eyes, but I wasn't sad crying. It was just this energy was leaving and that's what the purge is. It can come in many different forms. And the main theme of night one for me was all about letting go, just let go. And I was letting go of so much pain, so many challenges I faced from a really young age little versions of me that I got to love and hold and as soon as you ask the medicine she will guide you I say why is this arising for you to let go oh it's like that breath out and I'm letting go and I'm trusting and I'm surrendering and I'm letting go now we were fortunate enough with the Shipibo that they actually sing you an individual Icaros each So they would come to the front of your mat and you would sit up and they would channel a song for you to support you with your healing. And you'd get one from the male maestro and one from the female maestro. Now, as soon as the female maestro started singing to me, I could feel all this pain in my body. And the main thing I always say to people during ceremony is breathe. Breathe. Because in that moment when all this physical pain started, it was a little bit scary, it was really hard and it was uncomfortable and I just had to breathe. So I could feel this energy moving inside my body and the Icaros was drawing this energy out of me and I could feel it moving in my body and all I could do was just breathe. And then all the lessons from the first part of ceremony, let go, trust surrender they were all coming to fruition in this moment because it was really painful my body was going through all these clenching moments my stomach my arms everything was hurting and I just had to breathe as the Icarus continued I was keeled over just clutching at my stomach now for those of you that know I have had chronic period pain for about seven years now and it's been unbearable and that was one of the main reasons for me going to journey with ayahuasca to support me in healing that and I was keeled over at the front of my mat and I could feel all of a sudden this energy moving up and then I felt this like pop out of my right shoulder and it felt like something literally left my body no idea what it was I could just feel it and I was like oh And then the pain in my stomach kept coming and coming. And I asked her again, what do I need to do? And she was like, breathe, let go. And it's like you start to form this relationship with the medicine. You get curious, you ask questions, and she supports you in why this is arising and what you need to do to support you. 
And one of the big things is trust, is trust and let go and be willing and courageous to do that because the mind can come in and be like, no, no, I don't like this. It's too much. It's too uncomfortable. And that was maybe where I've been in previous ceremonies, but I was so surrendered and trusting and just letting go that I just allowed all the pain to happen in my body. And what seemed like such a small message, this message carried me through every night. And boy, was I going to need it. Coming tonight, two and three, the hardest most challenging nights of my life, I was going to need all these messages from night one. Let go. And nothing happens without reason in a ceremony. And sometimes it can be really, really challenging. You're facing these memories from childhood, these moments, your pain, your trauma, everything's coming to the surface. But there's no other way other than to breathe, trust and let go. And this went on for both sets of Icarus's for me, where I was just being invited to let go and all this pain in my body was like moving. And then it felt like it stopped when the Icarus stopped. So the ceremony usually lasts for about five hours. I was still going, like lay on my mat for probably about another two. I was just lay there like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Holy shit. Oh my God, I'm still really tripping high, couldn't properly walk, like that can still happen. And I just lay there and just allowed it. And then I was able to get up. So that was ceremony night number one. And then we went into day number three. So we drank on night two. We drank on night three. We had night four as a rest. We drank on night five. We drank on night six. And then we had night seven as a rest. So four lots of ceremonies over a seven-day period. So I knew that whatever arose in ceremony one wasn't the end and just to stay the course and trust in the medicine. So waking up the next morning, you're tired and you're still obviously processing like a lot of what maybe arose from the night before. A lot of what came up can be incredibly challenging and painful for people that's been presented to them so they can work through it. Now, the facilitators are amazing and they do have so much support at the retreat centre I went to before and after the retreat. But like I said before, if you're doing the work, the actual work in healing yourself in your life, you're going to be able to navigate what arises in ceremony a little bit better. Because you've got tools, you know how to ground yourself, you understand about the triggers and what's coming up for healing, you know about reparenting yourself and loving yourself and feeling your emotions. All the things that I teach women to do anyway, but this is like a fast track. And they do say that one ceremony is a thousand hours worth of therapy. Just let that sink in. Think about if you've been in therapy and you've had a number of sessions with somebody and it's been transformational, you've been in therapy for a few years. Imagine condensing that into one night. It's a lot and it can be a fucking lot, a lot to work through. So the next day was when the stomach began. And I say the stomach began because ayahuasca clears you out diarrhea is completely normal throughout your journey. Stomach cramps, feeling all the gurgling of your insides because she literally will clear out anything in your system and in your body that isn't 
clean. So you think about what you eat in a day, in a week, in a year. She's got to clear all that out. So diarrhea, normal. And it really started for me on day number three. I think this is day three. I'm getting confused now. Anyway, the stomach started. And your newfound friends on your retreat, you learn to talk about this sort of stuff. So I'm bringing you along for the ride as well, because it is part of the process. It does happen. It's part of the purging, and I'm not sugarcoating it for you. So yes, welcome to Charlotte's toilet activities. Um, she, she moves, Aya moves anything in your gut and in your body, so she can get to the things that need to be worked through. And it can be uncomfortable. Adding that, the fasting, the diet restrictions, all the things limited with water during ceremony, it can be a lot. New environment, there's new people around, you're disconnected from your friends and family members, the outside world, you've got no contact. So if you're going through something, you turn to the people around you, okay? And boy, did I know that that was happening in my stomach on day three, four, five, six, and seven. (laughs) Um, There's lots of time as well between the ceremonies throughout the day to reflect and to journal without any outside distractions. And we got to meet our maestros, the Shipibo maestros, and discuss why you're there, you're healing, they give you advice, what they recommend for you to do. So I had my meeting and it was actually a little bit scary because when I went in and talked to them, they recommended that I drink more medicine for night number two, knowing what my intention was going in. And they said to stay open. And that's just so powerful for life, to stay open. To stay open even when things are hard and when life's challenging and when you've got things coming up, can you stay open and trust in the process? Trust in the process. So I felt good after my meeting with them and then I had a flower bath. Again, beautiful. Um, And then we were heading in for ceremony two. And the nerves came again, (laughs) completely normal. And I knew deep down my why, why I was there and knowing that there may be challenges that arise just like life, but could I stay open to trust, to trust the process and to let go. And that message from Ceremony One really did stay with me. Now you're blending the exact lessons inside and outside ceremony that you need most in life. Now I'm sharing this because after night number one, one of the guys on our retreat actually left. It wasn't so much a personal choice, something happened at home. He did have a choice if he stayed or not, but he decided to leave. From what we do know, it wasn't something too catastrophic, but he made the decision to leave. Now I share that because after night two, one of the other guys left. And it makes me really sad that these people came for this level of healing and unfortunately for whatever reason they decided it either wasn't for them or the time wasn't right. That's why I'm really encouraging that if you're deciding to go and do this, you ensure that it's for the right reasons and that you're really ready to embark on this level of healing because it's dark, it's uncomfortable, it's challenging and it can be really painful and you will want to leave 
okay? You may hate it. It may get really hard. You may feel like you're at breaking point. You'll be super emotional. If you avoid the deep stuff in your life, it's going to be presented to you at higher. And when your stomach's hurting and you feel alone and you're scared and you're lacking trust and belief in yourself and maybe you want to run out the door or you avoid your feelings in real life, you're going to have to face all of that. And it's not comfortable. It's not. And healing, I've always shared that it isn't. You do that work to get to the other side, to feel the light and the joy and the happiness and the peace. And you feel your emotions and you love yourself through through this journey of life. That is what plant medicine gives you on a fast track. Do the work in your life and then if you feel you're ready, then go and embark on that. And the two things really, when you are in your life, you're often going to have distractions, right? You're going to have your phone, you're going to have food, you're going to have business, you're going to have your kids, you're going to have your job, you're going to maybe have alcohol, maybe drugs, recreational or other. You're going to have all those distractions. What happens when all that's taken away? What do you do? (laughs) You have to be with yourself, right? And what arises, meeting yourself in that. And that's why a lot of people struggle to meditate because it's in stillness and it's in silence and it's holding yourself through. And what's required really in all these moments through life and through the challenges, but more so on a plant medicine journey, is holding yourself and loving yourself through. The courage to tap into that inner strength and fire and heart when you want to leave and to keep going. And a deep trust in the process and in yourself. Those three things, if you do anything, work on those things in life. So night number two, going into the ceremony, I wrote these words coming out of ceremony two. Holy crap, that was the most painful, challenging experience of my life. And that was night two. That really was what it was. I got some beautiful visions and all that she kept saying was trust. Trust. You have no control over what you see, what you experience, what's revealed. A deep level of trust that whatever's arising is arising for a reason. And I felt like night two for me was the beginning bit was her saying, you got to trust, you got to trust. And that was for about the first half an hour. And then suddenly the medicine like stopped working. And that can happen. And all of a sudden I heard this intuitive download, you need to drink more. Now, bearing in mind that Shipibo had already recommended that I drink more medicine, which I did. And then it just stopped. And I was sat upright, like I'd not even drank any medicine. And I was like, okay, in that moment, I had to trust in the intuitive guidance. So I called the facilitators over and said, I want some more medicine. And they were like, okay. So I drank another half cup and then the nausea started and I could feel like I really wanted to purge and it was like stuck in my body. And then the pain came back from night one. And I was keeled over and just clutching my stomach in tears, in so much pain. And all I remember throughout this whole night, because this went on for hours, was let go and trust. Let go and trust. 
Now, I asked again, because you get curious with the medicine, you start to ask her for guidance. I asked, what is this pain and why is it here? And she said, it's not yours. Let it go. Whoa. Okay. So I was in all this pain in my stomach, in my body. I was keeled over. I was crying. And I was really struggling at this point. Like I was sweating. Like the pain just, it wouldn't stop. You can't get out of a ceremony once you're in. And all I could do was breathe and just keep breathing and keep trusting. The next message that came when I asked, if it's not mine, then whose is it? And why is it here? And what came through was your car accident seven years ago. Now, for those of you that don't know, I had quite a bad car accident seven years ago where I totally lost my car. A woman was coming towards me. She pulled across my path and I smashed straight into the side of her at 60 k's an hour. Now, the airbag went off. I burnt myself, serious whiplash, cut my knee open. I was very fortunate that I didn't have serious injuries. But what followed that car accident was two years of pain where I was in chronic pain. And I've shared a whole episode around that. And what Ayahuasca was telling me was that at the moment of that impact and that car accident, your energy field has opened up and energies, negative energies and entities have entered your body. And they've wrapped around your womb and your uterus which was why I was going into ceremony to heal why I was suffering with chronic period pain, which when I reflected after ceremony started seven years ago. And for those of you that don't know, I've pretty much done every modern medicine and every holistic practice. I've had multiple lots of healings done and still the pain proceeded. So I knew it was something deeper on an energy level because I'd done the other healing around if it could have been physical, could it be holistic, is there any other way that I can work through this and I got the message from my guides to go to Peru and this was the reason. She was giving me the messages as to why I was in all this pain and then she said your surgery. So for those of you that don't know, following my car accident I also had a shoulder reconstruction and when you have a surgery your energy field is opened Now, some people are fine, completely fine. Nothing happens in post-surgery. But she also said that during that time, because I was a healer, because I was doing this sort of work, I was coaching people, I'm more susceptible to feeling energy and receiving energy because I'm open. And she said more energies entered my body. So it was kind of like an eye-opening moment that I was in all this physical pain in ceremony that went on for pretty much four to five hours because of this. The next thing, they started singing the Icaros to me. So they'd sit in front of you again and it would go for between 12 to 15 minutes. The guy would sing and then the woman would sing. When the guy started singing to me, I could literally feel all this energy and my body was like contorting. I was exhausted by this point. I had nothing left. I was so tired. Sweat is dripping off me. My body's contorting. And all of a sudden I let out this massive purge. And I was so relieved because I'd felt nauseous for four hours. Now, for those of you that have been pregnant and you experience nausea throughout your pregnancy, 
I just give you so much love because I had it for five hours and far out I was like choking on this purge that I couldn't get out so when he started singing to me I was able to purge because the Icarus calls the energy out of your body that needs to be released. I wish I could tell you that I felt relief post-purge but I didn't. I then experienced the most crazy stomach issues and clutching of my stomach and then I saw a vision of the man that I supported transition last year. Now for those of you that don't know my husband and I witnessed a traumatic incident last year and I held a dying man in my arms as he transitioned. I went to try and save him and give him CPR, unfortunately I couldn't and he was already transitioning. And in that moment, I was the only person that was there and I held my hand on his head as he transitioned this lifetime. It turns out that his soul didn't transition to the soul plane. It stayed attached to me. It stayed attached to my body and it's been there this entire time. And that's known as a lost soul. In the work that I do, I am actually a soul retrieval um, healer. I've been trained to support souls to transition but I didn't even know that his soul was attached to me because he'd not quite transitioned. So in that moment when that Icarus has been sung to me I saw a vision of him and I literally just said to his soul it's okay you can leave now you can go it's safe for you to go and I watched his soul transition to the soul plane in ceremony. And it was like the most beautiful, painful, emotional, heartwarming experience to know that I'd supported that transition again. Him in physical form in this lifetime and then his soul during ceremony. The medicine knows. Ayahuasca knows she has an infinite wisdom to support you with the healing that needs to be done. I had no idea what I was holding on to. I had no idea about my car accident. I had no idea about this soul being attached to me. And I'd never been so challenged as I was during night two. After the Icarus was sung to me, the pain didn't stop. It intensified. And I was on my hands and knees, gripping the sheet, tears down my face, sweat was dripping off me and down my back. And in that moment, I didn't think I could carry on. I didn't think I could go for any longer. So I called for help. Now you can do this. Everyone's given a flashlight. And I called the facilitator over. I was like, I can't take much more of this. And all she said to me was, you've got this. That gave me the strength that night to keep going, to ask for help. And that was something I had to do after 13 years of bulimia. I asked for help. And there's so many invitations as I'm sharing this for you, is for you not to underestimate what's possible when you ask for help. When you reach out and let somebody physically in spirit form support you. Seek help from a practitioner, from a coach, from a guide, from a healer, from a friend, a family member, your husband. Ask for help. Because those words were gifted to me from the facilitator and from the universe for me in that moment to keep going when I had lost my ability to believe that I could. Because I did. 
momentarily I was just like I can't do this anymore I literally have nothing left I'd been going for nearly five hours in that pain in that nausea not able to release the purge and all of this stuff coming up and that was all I needed those three words supported me to carry on to go for the rest of the night even when I didn't feel like I could even when you know we can feel weak for asking for help And actually, I didn't in that moment. I felt really strong because I'd already endured so many hours. And in that moment, it reminded me of my inner strength, the warrior within me, and that exists in you too. And to hear the whispers from the universe, whether that comes in somebody saying it to you, through your guides, through any number of ways, it's like, oh, it reminded me that I could go on. And then came loads more memories of childhood, loads more times of me actually being hungry as a kid and then not being food in the fridge. And that was the biggest trigger with the fasting was that I couldn't fast because I was hungry and it activated part of my inner child wounding that I'd completely forgotten about. And I could name so many moments during my childhood where my mum either wasn't home or there wasn't food there, the fridge was empty and I was scrounging around in the cupboards trying to find something for my dinner, being really young. Now I'm going 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, all those memories of me as a younger child and it's like the medicine let me heal my relationship with food so much that night even though I was still in so much physical pain she's like it's okay and I really got to love all those little versions of Charlotte in night two all that healing that happened in like just minutes in just like those little moments that kept coming up and seeing my beautiful face as a child and loving me and holding me and ayahuasca will always show you what you need to see And I started actually to feel really proud of myself. I started to feel really proud of who I am today, probably for the first time at this level. Like I can say I'm proud of myself and I acknowledge myself, but this was like a whole new level of me seeing myself for like the first time. And then the pain started again. And it was like I was doing this dance for hours of all this pain and then I'd get these beautiful moments of seeing things and visions and things coming up and then the realizations and so many memories and moments and then the pain started and the message you've got this just stayed with me and the message from night one let go and the next message just trust trust and breathe I'm gonna leave it there this will be continued I will be back and recording the final part of night two ceremony three and ceremony four tune back in next week to hear the rest of the story thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode i'm sending you a virtual hug right now because i'm so grateful to have you here if you loved it be sure to share a review on itunes so i can keep these episodes coming to you if you aren't already following me head on over to instagram at charlotte underscore bezik Plus, you can source a juicy free gift from me. Screenshot this episode and send it to hello at charlottebezik.com. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Sending you love and light. Bye for now.